Hi, thanks for tuning to Inner Light with Ellen. This episode today is my conversation with Shelly Romero. It's a it's a bit of a hyper-local conversation. We talk a lot about um, uh, uh, projects and places in the Portland, Oregon region. Um, Shelly is an area manager for the Oregon Department of Transportation. She is also the owner of Rose City Chica, which is in um, a career coaching service and firm that uh, she has had for the past eight years. Today's conversation traverses from Shelley's uh, role in life, living a life of service, and we touch on themes of incremental change, understanding perspective and management and leadership, um, building relationships, trust and influence, taking calculated risks, and then also doing that work of building confidence in others, and for Shelley, helping people find career paths or career transitions um, for wherever they are in life and honestly how we can build in a space and place for everyone. It's a good conversation and I hope that you enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the Inner Light with Ellen podcast. In each episode, learn from thought leaders in health, wellness, mindfulness, leadership, and personal development. These folks have helped themselves and others to craft the solutions and strategies to live the life they want to be living. Listen in as these brilliant minds share their knowledge, wisdom, and spirit to inspire you to live a life you love. Hi, Shelly. Good morning. Hi, Ellen. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Shelly Romero, we have interacted multiple times over the past, I want to say maybe five or seven years. Um, We both work in similar spaces and places. So Shelly works for the Oregon Department of Transportation. You are, I don't remember your job title. I'm an area manager uh, for Central City Portland. Okay. So, and, and so when I was working more exclusively in urban planning, I would, I would end up connecting with Shelly. And, but the other similarities that we have are in personal development and supporting and uplifting others. And I recently saw that Shelly had posted she has had eight years because she also has a, a business called Rose City Chica. She helps and supports other people who are emerging into careers, exploring life paths, going through transition. It's just a really wonderful human who is constantly connecting people. So thank you. So here's Shelly. Shelly, will you tell us a little bit more both about sort of your, your dual work lives maybe and an introduction to you a little bit? Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Ellen. This is my first podcast, so I'm very excited. You know, my parents brought me to Oregon uh, from Southern California um, when I was one. And I come from a big, fat Mexican-American family out of Southern California um, my mom is one of 11. My dad is one of nine. And they got married and went into the Peace Corps. And they went together in the 60s and were primarily assigned to help build infrastructure and to teach literacy in the jails in Venezuela. And when they uh, returned back to the U.S., my father uh, applied for and received a fellowship to study and pursue a doctorate at the University of Oregon. That's what brought us to Oregon. When we were still in California, um, I attended my first uh, demonstration um, in a stroller, uh, and that was to advocate for um, education for Latino students um, that my parents took me to, of course. And in Oregon, though, I was raised on the picket line advocating for farm workers' rights as a girl. Um, I've had the extreme honor of 
meeting Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta um, many times in my life. And that has sort of shaped my uh, worldview. I, my parents are educator activists, and so that's how I was raised. I was raised uh, in urban, rural, and suburban Oregon. I've lived in Mount Angel, Springfield, Eugene twice, Tigard primarily, and Portland. So, and I just, uh, I'm very blessed. I have uh, an amazing uh, set of parents uh, who set an example for not just me and, and my siblings, but for lots of different people in the world. They dedicated their careers and lives to service and um, I am attracted to carrying on that legacy. That's such a powerful story of who you are. And I did not know most of that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, of course. Thank wow. you. Wow. What was that like? What was that like growing up knowing Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez? Being in advocacy since you were young. It, you know, it teaches you to understand the experience of others that are not as lucky as you are you know you uh when you have you know it is something that like almost every job i've had none of them have the word equity in them but that always is part of what i bring in terms of that worldview and experience and wanting to help people um be justice oriented but not have a desire to be a lawyer or but it also was hard. Um, I mean, I remember uh, at a young age, I must have been about five or six, we were boycotting a Safeway at the time because they were carrying products like Gala wine and other things uh, that we were boycotting at the time in order to help push an agenda for um, growers to uh, negotiate with unions to give them basic things like a decent wage, like decent places to live. Um, to work in the fields that maybe didn't have deadly pesticides. And I remember, you know, as a little girl telling someone not to go into Safeway and they closed their car door on my hand. Um, and so I also learned at a very tender age that when you are trying to do something that maybe isn't um, popular with other people, that you too can get harm inflicted upon you. Um, for no really good reason. Um, I thought my dad was going to kill that lady, but uh, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't shut it hard. So, but I do remember that because it's it's being it's being met pretty quickly with um, an act of maybe not extreme violence, but being met with violence pretty fast just for holding a position mm -hmm. in in that advocacy. I think that this could be a commentary on today, if not all of the ages. Yes. When we're thinking about, I guess maybe a little bit how it relates to how you work, both it, uh, let's relate it back to your, your, your formal role working for yeah. the government and then possibly the, your working with Rosa de Chica. Um, when you meet people who have fear because you're trying to advance something different, right? There are some groups of people who are very interested in change. They get curious. They want to know if they can do it better. Um, and then there are others who, like the woman in the car, who's just like, I don't want this information. You're offending my worldview. I'm going to slam the door on your hand. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you end up interfacing with that maybe more in, in the context you're in now? Um, I have a mantra. I have several, but one of them is, um, don't tell me no, tell me how. 
If I find one avenue isn't working, I look for another. I try to listen to other people's perspectives and try to take that into account. I've come to terms with the fact that sometimes we can agree to disagree and that's okay. You know, you can't force people to hear something or believe something that they don't want to. So I also, uh, you and I, Ellen, have been in uh, the fields of wanting and, and being effective at advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion for a long time. Some people are just waking up to that. And I understand that it's not a quick or simple journey. It sometimes takes people um, to see it. And so what I try to do is I try to earn trust and develop influence within my organization and then take calculated risks in areas or doing things that we normally might not do. And uh, for example, conducting outreach and four different languages, and then taking steps to make sure that it's effective and that it works. And uh, we actually got a big federal award out of that from the Federal Highway Administration for our work on uh, non-discrimination and environmental justice. And then the next time a project, another project comes, taking it a step further and taking it a step further. And so um, you don't go from zero to 100, but you kind of go from zero to 25 and 25 to 35. And, you know, that that's kind of my approach. Um, and uh, in a management and leadership position, um, I don't take for granted that I have that trust and influence. But I also know that, um, you know, I've got some ability to make and implement decisions. One of the things you said was about listening to other perspectives and then also having a space for, a, you know, the agreement to disagree, which sometimes even can be one-sided, right? Like I'm going to agree to disagree and maybe you're going to be upset or vice versa. And I'm wondering how, how, do, how does that work for you when you're, when you're being confronted with somebody who's very much on a different side than you and you want to understand their perspective, but maybe they're not hearing yours? How do, you, how do you juggle that? Well, it's my job to listen to other people and to try to understand that perspective. Um, sometimes if they don't want to hear mine, there's not a lot that I can do about that. But um, And sometimes they won't agree with the outcome, but at least if they feel heard and that the process was, uh, was authentic and was transparent, I think that that becomes almost more important. Like, I don't love your decision, but I can accept the fact that there was a process that I got to come to an open house, that I got to comment, that I got to talk to people, that people listened to me. And um, the outcome was either, you know, something I can live with or something that I hate, but at least I feel like I was heard. Thank you. What is your favorite kind of person to work with when you're doing Rose City Chica work? Mm. So I had always had this dream that it would be cool to have my own business. I am a cake and eat it kind of a gal. Uh, I like my public sector work because it's rooted in, in service and um, it kind of is, you know, looking at ma uh, impacting a lot of people. So in my own business, it's been about eight years officially. And what I get to do is I get to be more creative because it's my business. And um, I get to 
help people one person at a time. So it's, you know, the public sector is the macro, the what I do in my business is micro. I focus on working with women, people of color, and GLBTQ, but I work with all people. And my work is really, it's less life coaching, although a lot, some of that creeps in, but it's more specific to career coaching. I found myself uh, unemployed about 14 years ago and had never been unemployed. And I had had a philosophical difference with my boss. We parted ways. So I got to experience uh, how to get to that next thing. And I was actually one of those people that was like, why would I ever work with a career coach? So I just made it up. And within five and a half months, I landed in a job that uh, when I had conducted an informational interview with the boss, hadn't been put out or didn't exist. And there was something about ODOT and something about the boss that just was like, I think I want to work here. And so... I called him twice a month, every month for four months until they put out the job that then um, I went and interviewed for and got. Uh, it's been 14 years at ODOT and it's been really great. And so that experience really made me think like, wow, anytime anybody wants an informational interview, I'm going to say yes. Well, it started to become a lot. And so an informational interview with you. Yes. Okay. So then I was like, well, maybe this is the thing that I'm supposed to do. Maybe I should try starting my own business as a career coach. And so most of my work is with individuals, but I also have gotten uh, some small contracts with nonprofits uh, where I'm coaching employees and the uh, nonprofit is paying for that. Uh, also leadership development. I do career coaching, development, exploration. It could be resumes. It could be interview prep. It could be building confidence, identifying core competencies and, and uh, transferable skills. It's super fun. It's exciting to see people who like struggle trying to get themselves represented on paper. And then by the time we're done, they're like, oh my God, I was dreading this, but I feel so much better. And you can kind of see that confidence building and developing in them and uh, it's incredibly inspiring to just see them do amazing things. So I think I almost get more excited when they get the jobs than they do. That's Shelly, that's amazing. And that is so important for so many people. Um, and particularly when you talk about the groups of people that you, you focus on and you work with most, we often can't always see ourselves in different leadership positions or didn't have professors in, in school, like teachers in school or professors in college, um, if college track was part of that, that really represented the diversity of who we all are. And so yeah. it can be very challenging to figure out like, do I actually belong here? Is it okay yes. for me to be in a position where I can go above like a proverbial glass ceiling? And in some reflection recently, I've kind of been thinking about that for myself. And it's like, maybe that's why I also started my own business. It's like, I just wanted to already be in charge. <laughs> right. And um, I work from people at all levels. Like it could be entry level, it could be mid-career and executive level is sort of um, also something that I have been successful at. And it's, you know, I really view it as a partnership. I mean, I can only help so much, but the person has to, you know, take the proverbial baton and move it forward. And so, um, right. so it's a, it's a partnership, but it's really um, exciting. I view it as work that me and that person are doing together. 
Is there one story or one person with full confidentiality surrounding that that come to mind for you when you think of some like, wow, this was like a really important partnership that I got to be a part of? You know, every single one is there a different person, a different experience, a different place in their journey. I feel really honored to be part of that and trusted. One of somebody who I worked with, who is also a friend of mine, did a complete uh, career change. And after just a few sessions of asking her questions, it emerged really clearly what she wanted to do. And it was, um, it was very uh, specific. Uh, she wanted to go from running a foundation to traversing a whole new career path in combating human sex trafficking with a faith-based and global lens. And within a year's time, she did it. Yeah. And part of that was that she, the organization that she joined um, requires them to raise their own salary. She wrote a multi-year grant and got it. But the most courageous thing was that she left the foundation before she knew the outcome of the grant. And she just had such a belief in, in, in the world and what they had in store for her that she did it and it all worked out. And many years later, She's traveling to places like Malta and Asia and, you know, South America. She's amazing. That's incredible. And I really love that this example you just talked about is that, that faith piece. And that mm-hmm. is often when I'm working with um, some of my coaching clients. Yeah, there are a couple of folks that I've worked with who are in this transitional phase and they're ready to, they're ready to go, but there's such a, I mean, fear is usually the thing that's holding them there because they're really yeah. uncertain about the stability on the other side. How did she, was, is it about the person in your experience that they're like, yes, I'm just going to believe and I'm going to leave? Or is there some element within how you partner and how you coach them that helps them trust themselves that something can happen? You know, in this particular instance, it was her. I mean, we did some things that were... Uh, not very traditional. She was doing a lot of reading and I would see articles. I would make sure that she saw them. I knew people that were doing this kind of work. I was able to connect her before you know it. You know, she's uh, on a number of anti-human sex trafficking groups and steering committees and, um, and, and some info interviews. She's one of the most uh, courageous and uh, faith-based people that I know. But I think she, when she came, when we we engaged, she didn't really have that. That's what she was going to do. So, and that's not my job to tell you what you want to do. It's my job to ask you maybe compelling and critical thinking questions that help get you there. Definitely. As you as you as you go through and you you do your work, what are you envisioning for the future? Like, what do you hope? Like, what are you contributing to in sen- in sense of like your bigger picture? What does that feel like for you? To have touched or made an impact in a positive way on as many people's lives as I can. I studied communication, so I try to be a good listener and try to assess out what's what's important. So, and to help my colleagues and coworkers have that understanding too. Conducting interviews on complex uh, projects with people in communities of color that have a perspective that is valuable that will also help the project manager 
navigate the project more successfully, I think is really important. In that vein, it also reminds me that when we do when we do that work where it's very intentionally inclusive of the voices that don't have to like traditionally have not had great access and making these decisions about where funding goes for how streets are laid out. We actually end up creating better infrastructure overall for everyone because we don't have these epic gaps. Yeah. I mean, next year I'm looking really forward to the fact that we're going to be putting in um, one, two, three, four, five new pedestrian flashing beacons. And one of them is in Cornelius between Centro Cultural and Virginia Garcia. And that one is going to be both uh, bilingual and audible, um, which is cool uh, because bringing it full circle, I used to, I grew up with my family taking me to wedding receptions and quinceañeras at Centro and uh, going with my dad to register voters at Centro. And um, I'm really excited about that one. That's really exciting. I didn't realize you had a connection with Centro. So this is one of the things that you're you're talking about really, I'm not saying it's small, but I think to someone who is just listening quickly, it's like traffic lights, pedestrian crossings, sidewalk infrastructure, like these feel like, you know, it's not like the client you had who was combating sex trafficking, right? Like that's a huge global issue. But yeah. we're looking at this hyper-local, it's like micro-macro complexity. Mm-hmm. And I love that you, that I'm thinking of a quote, and I feel like it's a Mother Teresa quote, something about like loving the small things is the first place to begin, I don't know, community, love, belonging, and there's nothing else beyond that. It's like the accumulation of that. And working for a transportation organization can feel very technical, transactional, and wonky, but there is so much humanity inside of it that I don't think is very public, even though it's public process. Yeah, you'd be surprised. A lot of people are very passionate about transportation. It turns out that it touches every single one of us, whether we want it to or like it or not. The city of Cornelius and Centro and Virginia Garcia have been advocating for a pedestrian beacon in that location for years. And the fact that we get to help make it happen and the fact that we're going to be able to make it audible and bilingual English, Spanish is going to be so um, it'll be just not business as usual. It will be people that understand that they had a connection and they had a role in uh, advocating for that important safety improvement. And that safety improvement also is being tailored to their needs. They can see themselves in the infrastructure. Yes. It's a symbol for inclusion. It's a symbol for belonging. So you belong here. This is for you. Yes. Yeah. And they're very subtle. These these things with language are are so subtle. And I, if you don't have that experience or understanding, it can be something that's very easy to miss. Do you think so? I do. And I don't, I mean, we didn't go into the project thinking we were going to do an audible bilingual, but the more that we kind of got into it, I'm like, well, that just makes sense. We should do that. This also displays your natural tendency to take a lot of moving parts and maybe sometimes not always apparent that they connect and your ability to kind of tie them together into a a hub that can support some spokes for a wheel that can (laughs) drive down the road that just got built. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, I try. That was obviously, I feel like a way that you were born into the world is like a natural connector. Is that an element of any of your coaching work? Because I know it happens naturally in your projects. 
And then as you're coaching people who are sort of sitting in a spot going, how do I move from here to there? What does that look like to help them put more connections together? Um, yeah, we talk about that a lot. For example, if somebody wanted to explore what it might be to be, I don't know, an electrician, we would think about the places that employ electricians and between us, who do we know or how can we get them like to initiate uh, a meeting request and an informational interview to get more information about how do we become an electrician? Or maybe you've always been curious about what it would be like to work for, you know, Metro or ODOT or whoever, right? What does it look like to connect you with somebody? And what's really cool is that, um, you know, because uh, I work with a number of people, um, clients who have like since, for example, gotten a job at the city of Hillsborough. If I then have another client who's looking to look at a job at the city of Hillsborough, I can say, hey, would you go talk with this guy? And um, fortunately, um, uh, the people that I've had the opportunity to work with have all been in a similar uh, position. So they're more than um, happy usually to help out other clients and other people that are curious or want to get some insight as they're on their own journey. So it's pretty exciting. We are the people who I think stand in our own way sometimes. And when we believe and step out of the way and allow ourselves to dream um, and get very clear on what that is, it can happen. And when it does, it's really amazing. I, you're reminding me again, just like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like you are a catalyst in many ways. I've had conversations with you just uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember you and I got to just chat for a while. And <clears throat> I just, I was thinking about this. Um, the image in my mind was not like the first trailblazer, but a trailblazer that helps open a path forward and also demonstrates through role modeling that these things are possible. And it takes that measure of faith and belief and practice, but that it is possible. So I really thank you for, for, for that, because I feel like I'm in, I'm even inspired again and feel a little bit of more of a sense of possibility about the world. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, uh, and for all those young girls like me who were so upset at their parents because she was told she couldn't go on a date till she turned 16 and then she had no dates, I memorized my yearbooks and oh my God, that has served me so well in life. <laughs> 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 Understanding like who people, what their interests are and what they did in high school and then you come across them again post high school and you're working together and you're like, Oh, Hey, I remember you. And you know, it's just really funny. So, um, yeah. So if you have a geek kid like me who are pouring over their yearbooks, um, encourage that. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for being here and thanks for listening. If folks want to reach out to Shelly or learn more about her, I'm going to post all of her information in the notes for this episode. So you too can experience the joy of talking with Shelly Romero. <laughs> thank you, Ellen.